Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Consume This with me, John Duffy, and our co-host, Sophie Richardson. Kia ora. It's great to be back again with you. Uh, it's been a while, actually. Been a hot minute. It has. And you've been on holiday so far, right? Yes, not in a hot place. I went to Tasmania and it snowed, which was actually quite delightful. Well, Tasmania is the same latitude as Timaru, I'll have you know. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. That'll explain the snow. Mm. For reasons that will become pretty apparent soon, your trip's actually pretty relevant to this episode, isn't it? Yeah, quite relevant to what we're about to discuss. That's right, because currently the airline industry, and in particular domestic travel in New Zealand, well, it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. There are loads of reasons for that, and they stem from the fact that we're coming out of a global pandemic. Airlines downsized and are now rapidly upsizing again to bring capacity back on board. But the fact of the matter is the airlines are cancelling way too many flights at the moment. And we've been receiving hundreds of questions and complaints about airlines. Uh, And they range from questions around delays and difficult to make connections, right through to cancellations, strandings, and people's baggage not turning up. Mm. And while all of this disruption's going on, at Consumer NZ, we've got a bit hot under the collar because as part of the hundreds of complaints that we're receiving about the aviation industry, we're regularly hearing from people who've been given inaccurate and sometimes misleading information about what their rights are when an airline delays or cancels their flight. We don't think it's fair in this day and age for airlines not to be upfront with consumers about what their rights are. Hmm. It's just not on. Agreed. So coming up, we'll be joined by our Consumer New Zealand advocate, Annalise Gorn, and she'll be answering some of the hundreds of questions that you have sent in to us. She'll be making sure we understand our rights and crucially, how to enforce them should things go wrong. At Consumer NZ, we've been working hard to assist our members with their battles with the airlines. And actually, we've been helping lots of non-members where possible as well. But the flood keeps coming in. This issue's clearly not going away. It was pretty obvious to us that we needed to do something bigger. And that's why we've just launched our Flight Rights campaign. What is the Flight Rights campaign, John? What are you, what are you trying to do? Well, it's, it's pretty simple at its heart. We're calling for airlines to communicate honestly with passengers about the reason for cancellation and delays and clearly display their rights. And we're asking people to sign a petition to push airlines to clearly communicate those rights when flights are cancelled or delayed. Right. So that's just about, you know, I turn up at the airport, turns out my flight's been cancelled and I need to find out why that is. So if it's, say, an engineering issue and get the airlines to be transparent about that, clearly tell me what my rights are in that situation, whether they required to rebook me or give me a refund or whatever it is. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Cool. And it shouldn't be difficult for yeah, that the airlines to do this. I mean, the laws around uh, what happens when a flight's disrupted haven't changed in a long time. So this is, this is really settled stuff. It's just that airlines have never really been up front uh, until very recently when New Zealand um, made some moves as a, as a result of, of the work we're doing here. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, this hasn't been happening then because I presume that's why we're running a campaign. This, you know, the airlines just haven't been telling people that they're entitled to refunds or compensation. They've been really opaque about that. But I think what's happened, the circumstances around COVID and particularly the last school holidays here in New Zealand the scale of the disruptions really amplified the impact of 
a practice that was going a little bit under the radar prior to that mm. because not too many people were affected about it by it huge numbers of people are now affected by this and it's continuing because the airline industry is still getting back on its feet right so yeah. this will be a live issue for quite some time and we think change needs to occur so that people don't miss out on exercising their rights and potentially getting compensation they're entitled to yeah cool sign that petition do it so uh, yeah i mean thank you that's great advice sophie <laughs> if you um if you'd like to add your name to our petition and support our flight rights campaign you can find it via the link in the show notes which is probably the preferable thing because the url is quite confusing but i'll give it a go campaigns.consumer.org.nz forward slash flight dash rights all right so here to answer some of your questions is our consumer advocate annalise gorn Welcome, Annalise. Thank you. So what we're going to do is we are going to throw some case studies at you and then ask you some questions about those case studies. Now, these case studies are actual people who have experienced flight disruptions with the airlines and have come to Consumer NZ for help or for advice on their rights. So, Sophie, you've just come back from holiday, haven't you? I have. It was great. But I did have a bit of a bugger getting home. So we we were actually on time to Sydney. We had to fly via Sydney to get home. Yeah. But then by the time we got there, the queues were just horrendous. It took us two hours to get through security and oh, customs. Right. And we got a call while we were in the line being like, hello, are you planning to come and fly home to Wellington today? And I was like, um, yes. And the Air New Zealand woman was like, well, you've missed your flight now. And oh, I was like, no. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that doesn't seem like it's Air New Zealand's fault. They don't run airport security no, for Sydney not. Airport, do they? So. No, but they are responsible for like getting us on another flight once we've missed it. It's not our fault either that we were there on time and it then took two hours to get through security. Or is it? And is it a hot tip if you're travelling to Sydney anytime soon, get to the airport? A hundred hours before your flight, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, Like, we were in the express lane because they realised that we were already delayed because we were coming through international transfers, and just to get through that took, like, 40 minutes. So they put us in, like, the express queue, and that took two hours. So God only knows how long it took the normal line to get through. That's insane. Yeah. So, yeah, is it the airline's problem? Well, that's a very good question. It depends, <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> so who booked the flights and who decided how much time you would have at the airport uh, in between? Yes. So, yes, it was them. So uh, I yeah. booked it all through in New Zealand and it was a like a package ticket yes. from Hobart to Wellington and they decided to route me through Sydney. Well, in that case, I would say that that was within the airline's control. They should have known and should have been able to predict that there could have been issues at the airport, which would mean you wouldn't get your connecting flight. That means under the Civil Aviation Act, you would be entitled to claim damages, which means uh, you can claim back any costs that you incur to put you back in the position that you would have been in had you not missed that flight. So did you incur any costs? I did actually. And funnily enough, my insurance doesn't cover them. So that's good to know actually, because I had to put the cats in the cattery for an extra night because we didn't get back in time to collect the cats. Yes. So yeah. So you can absolutely claim that back under the Civil Aviation Act. Yes. $36, here I come. Did you maybe <laughs> may not be worth your time, but <laughs> you might have had to buy a sandwich because you're getting hangry in the line. Yes, I had to buy drinks. Oh, that's did you demand you satisfaction that back too? Yeah, wow. Okay, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, oh, that's great. Yeah. Cattery, yes, done. Boom. 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, so it'll be really good actually if you could follow through and do that, and we'll see what response you get. Yeah, I will. Cool. I also had to like just now. And I'm another just, thing, and I've another, got another problem. Yeah, actually, I'm like while you're here, I've got, I've got this rash. <laughs> if you could take no. Um, uh, on the way back, they didn't put our bags on the plane, and so the bags didn't turn up for like two days. Oh, afterwards. Yes. Can I claim compensation for so, that? Given that you were coming home, you mm. probably had most of your clothes at home already. Yeah. So if there was anything missing from your bag that you absolutely couldn't live without, then you would be entitled to claim for those essential items that you needed to go and replace while you waited for your bags to come back. Right. Yeah, so under the Montreal Convention it's covered by, that's part of the Civil Aviation Act. Cool. All yeah. right. There, there I mean, is it was only lot. John's whiskey that I brought back. So, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if I can claim that that was essential to have. <laughs> well, I'm very glad to have it. <laughs> and what is the process? I mean, now that I actually have to file my $36 claim for the cashery, how do I make this claim? <laughs> well, thankfully, Air New Zealand in the last couple of days, this week actually, has put up on its website some information for consumers, which is a first. Oh. Uh, hadn't been there previously, but after some discussions with us, they decided that they should be letting their passengers know about what their rights are and cases of disruption Mm -hmm. so you can go online and uh, look at their website and there's a link there to um, a document that sets out the email addresses that you can contact which is fantastic oh that's that's, that's, we should really acknowledge that from new zealand absolutely progress has jetstar done the same thing unfortunately no oh really and we've been in touch with jetstar haven't we we have we've engaged with jetstar but we haven't uh, had a lot of buy-in on their part they have some interesting information on their website that we think is potentially misleading Mm. they tell people for example that they're only entitled to $150 in accommodation costs if their flight is cancelled or delayed and they have to go and stay in a hotel for a night but nowhere in the Civil Aviation Act does it say that Mm. they only have to pay $150 so sure many airport hotels would be $150 either no you're dead right (laughs) and you know before I worked here and before we got into this issue i would just accept that i go oh, okay yes. 50 bucks fair enough that seems mm. reasonable yep. but actually it's quite misleading because it creates the Absolutely. impression that their liability is restricted to that amount when it's not that's right mm. all right so that's sophie sorted out yeah, um, yeah should we move on and get some real case studies let's not that you're not real <laughs> hi consumer our jet star flight Wellington to Christchurch was cancelled due to technical issues. We needed to be back for work, but Jetstar could not get us home. We finally got a flight with Air New Zealand. This cost us $546 for two seats. Jetstar refunded us for our tickets promptly, but the cost difference was $294.39. Can we claim that amount back from Jetstar? Thank you. So, Annalise, what do you think? I think absolutely they can. Mm. So, under the Civil Aviation Act, if a delay is within the airline's control and a consumer incurs costs as a result of that delay, they can claim that back from the airline. In this case, they had to pay for another flight on another airline, so they're not just entitled to a refund of their original tickets, but they're also entitled to claim back the additional costs of the, the new flights that they paid for. So what does it like within their control mean? Does it have to be like a force majeure for it to be like without outside of their control? Yeah, so things outside of their control are things like the COVID pandemic, you know, when governments shut down mm. airports, things like bad weather, volcanoes, those are considered to be outside of the airline's control. Mm. But things like staffing issues, staffing strikes, 
overbooking, they're all within the airline's control and mechanical issues as well. They, you know, the airline can control how often they uh, service the planes. And mm-hmm. I recall some complaints coming through where the airline has said all the flight crew have got COVID. Therefore, it's an act outside of our control because we're not responsible for the COVID pandemic and we can't fly a plane with no pilots, no compensation for you. I would argue that that was still within the airline's control. And and why Um, is that? If there were a whole bunch of um, people, the staff were sick with COVID, then they should have tried to make alternative plans and find other staff to fill in for the ones that were sick. So it's a rostering issue rather than... um, Absolutely. I mean, sometimes these things are not necessarily black and white. It might be partly within, partly outside the control. But in that case, I think it's arguable that it was within the airline's control. Mm. It was actually a consumer member, John. It was Lorraine Bampton. And we helped her get her $294.39 back from Jetstar. And that was due to our good friend Elizabeth Kim helping her out on the phones with that one, which is the benefit of being a consumer member where you can call up and get help on the 0800 number. Nice work, Elizabeth. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a bit of a common problem and airlines don't always meet their obligations. And that leads us into our next complaint that we've had from Ben Van Roy. Uh, My Jetstar flight got cancelled about three hours before me leaving for the airport because they say of engineering problems. Because I was committed to be in Christchurch on the night, I could not make use of an alternative flight set aside by them for the next day. I've rebooked the flight to Christchurch with Air New Zealand at a very inflated price of $353 one way. For compensation, just says they can only offer the ticket value at $135. What can I do? What what can you do? Yeah, what do you reckon, Annalise? <laughs> well, this one, you go back to the question of was the issue the causing the delay within the control of the airline or not? And in this case, the cancellation was caused by engineering problems. So that is within the airline's control, which means that he is entitled to claim back any additional costs he incurred. It's pretty classic Jetstar to deny that they are liable for repaying additional costs and getting someone to their destination if they catch another plane. But in actual fact, the Civil Aviation Act says otherwise. So um, we would recommend he goes back to Jetstar and claims those additional costs. Classic Jetstar. Yeah. All right. So we'll dig into an email that we've received. um, And this is from MD, and it's about a change to departure flights. So MD says, our flight to Australia has been changed by the airline to a different day. It's a new flight number and one day later. This obviously cuts a day off an already limited trip and causes a lot of inconvenience to our plans for the day lost. Jetstar has said they can either refund the ticket, meaning we can't go on holiday as there aren't many other options, or we must take the new flight with no compensation for the inconvenience this has caused us and our plans. I want to understand if they're allowed to do this without compensating us in some way for the inconvenience. What do you reckon, Annalise? Well, so you're not just entitled to compensation because you've been inconvenienced. You're only entitled to claim back damages if you have actually incurred costs as a result of the cancellation or delay. So if this person had to forfeit a night in a hotel or spend extra money for some reason, then they can claim back those costs, but they're pretty unlikely to be able to claim back anything just for being inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. So it's the actual loss they've incurred. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, that seems very clear. So MD might be out of luck in that situation. Another one that's come up a few times is when the airline doesn't just cancel your flight, but cancels the whole route. And we've got a complaint from Joanne Fukuda. We had booked to Japan via Fiji Airways for December and January. They have now cancelled all flights to Japan until March 2023. And although I have requested a refund, they claim my tickets are non-refundable and I can only have a credit or a refund on taxes. I am wanting to rebook tickets for Christmas using another airline but cannot do this without a refund. Do I have any rights to a refund when it was them that cancelled the flight? Interesting. This is a scenario that played out so many times in the early stages of the pandemic in 2020 when flights were just decimated all over the world and planes just weren't leaving the ground. But different circumstances, I imagine, Annalise. What do you think? Yes, so it sounds like the reason the flight was cancelled in this case was something within the airline's control. It was cancelled so far in advance, they obviously just decided it wasn't profitable or for whatever reason they decided not to go ahead with the flights. So that sounds very much within the airline's control. Mm. You would likely be covered by the Montreal Convention. Both countries that you're flying from and to have to be parties to the Montreal Convention. I'm not sure off the top of my head whether Fiji is a party to the Montreal Convention, but let's say that they are then you are entitled to claim back any damages you incur as a result of the cancellation or delay. So in this case, even though you have a non-refundable ticket, you can still claim back the costs of that ticket. If Fiji weren't a party to the Montreal Convention, then it would be a different story. Does it it doesn't mean we're shit out of luck? Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Can you give us a bit of background on how the Montreal Convention works and how it ties into the Civil Aviation Act, which you've also mentioned a couple of times. So the Montreal Convention is an international treaty that has been adopted into New Zealand, and so it's actually been incorporated into the Civil Aviation Act. So for domestic flights, the Civil Aviation Act applies, but for international flights and flights with domestic connections on international routes, the Montreal Convention applies. So there's an article on our website called Your Travel Rights, and it covers travel, accommodation, baggage, all those sorts of things. You're going to be dealing with a whole lot of different industries which possibly all have different rules around cancellations and you know how close to the time you're staying in accommodation you can cancel and whether you can get all your money back. It's, it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. There's um, so many, what do you call it, run-on effects mm. um, from the fl- your flight being cancelled or delayed and there can be a, a huge palaver to try and sort out your your life um, once there's been a change to your flight. So what's your advice to people there? I mean, do you do you build some contingency into your holiday for things to not go quite right, particularly at the moment? Yeah, I, I'm planning on travelling soon, and I'm certainly planning on things going wrong. Is that just because you're a very negative person? <laughs> it's because I receive an awful lot of these complaints, John, so I'm very realistic about my travel expectations. Um Buy travel insurance if you're travelling overseas because uh, you may have more rights under your travel insurance policy than you have at law. So, for example, if you lost your baggage on a flight, you can claim back $2,700-ish for lost baggage under the Montreal Convention, but under your insurance policy, you might be able to claim back a whole lot more than that. Mm. Um, If you've got particularly valuable luggage, that's important. Go somewhere early if you can. Don't just expect to turn up five minutes before whatever it is that you're attending and think that things will go swimmingly well. Turn up to the airport early, allow plenty of time. 
Yeah. <laughs> but that was outside of Sophie's control, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I turned up on time. <laughs> she yeah, did. Yeah. I was there when my flight landed and I went straight through, even though the ground staff were very grumpy with everyone and were like, why? You've missed your flight. Why were you late? And I was like, well, have you seen the queues? Um, <laughs> Yeah. My fault. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot you can do to try and make things run a bit more smoothly. We used a travel agent to book our travel, and they gave us an hour and fifty minutes in Auckland to go from a domestic flight to a international flight. And I said, Yeah, I don't think so. Not in this current environment. I want at least three or four hours between my flights. Those sorts of things are going to help you in the oh, long run. Usually, people try and minimise their time. At Auckland I know. Airport. I know. But I really want to get on my <laughs> international flight. Fair enough. Fair enough. So with Joanne, she was actually a consumer member as well. And once she got in touch and we were able to get in touch with Fiji Airways, they agreed to refund her. But, and this is quite surprising, they said it would take six to eight months to process, which strikes me as an extraordinarily Mm. extended period of time. And unfortunately for Joanne, this leaves her and her family unable to travel this summer as they can't book before receiving a refund. As I say, this seems like a pretty unreasonable wait, and we would suggest to Joanne that she looks at initiating a chargeback through her bank if she has paid by credit card, which can retrieve the funds from Fiji Airways uh, and put them back in her account. Agreed. Give it a crack. Yeah. Shall we listen to the next complaint from Louisa Osborne? Kia ora, consumer. I'm one of the Emirates customers that had their flight cancelled by Emirates last week, the Christchurch to Sydney flight. It was cancelled because they've decided to push back the start date of this new flight route. And after a lengthy refund process, Emirates have deducted $150 off my refund. There's no way for me to contact them other than via phone to get any advice on this, which took hours last time. Do they have any basis to deduct $150 from my refund when they cancelled my flight, not me? Sounds like they should That seems pretty cheeky to me. Yeah. It's pretty bizarre. Why would they take... What's $150? Like a... a what? processing fee or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But given that they were the ones that cancelled it yeah. and it was within their control, I would have thought that she would be entitled to a full refund. So I would absolutely be pushing for a full refund in this case. Mm-hmm. Our next one comes from Ian Fullwood. We booked and paid for flights to the UK in March on an Air New Zealand ticket, although the flights are with Singapore Airlines. We were notified by our travel broker that Singapore Airlines have cancelled our return flight from Singapore to Auckland. We are rebooked on a flight 10 hours later with no compensation or apology or anything. We are travelling with a seven-year-old child and have had to pay for a transit hotel and we also miss our connecting flight from Auckland to Taupo, which we paid for with our air points. Any advice would be much appreciated. Thanks. What do you reckon, Annalise? Oh, I reckon again, he can claim back the cost of the transit hotel and any additional costs for missing the connecting flight. Obviously, they've lost the airports, so I would be asking for those to be reinstated. The change was presumably within the airline's control, so they're entitled to claim back those costs. We've got one more that came in as an email. This came to us from SC. So SC says, hi there, I booked a flight from Brisbane to Christchurch on the 6th of November with Air New Zealand. They have advised me that it will now arrive in Christchurch at midnight, not 2.30pm as booked. We have a separately booked domestic ticket with Air New Zealand Christchurch to Dunedin that leaves at 5pm. If we accept the international flight change, we will miss our domestic flight home. 
I'm happy to accept the flight change if Air New Zealand adjusts our domestic flight to the following day. I also expect them to pay for the night's accommodation in Christchurch for the hours we will need to wait between our flights that were originally organised to be on the same day. They have suggested that this may incur flight change costs on the domestic ticket. My understanding is that any incurred costs due to Air New Zealand's flight changes should be covered by them. Can you please advise me on what I should reasonably expect? Well, in this case, I actually agree with the SC. Any flight change costs uh, should be covered by the airline. This is a bit of a a sticking point with us in Air New Zealand in their recent guide that they've published. They Mm. say that if it wasn't all booked on one ticket, then they are unable to help. But the wording of the legislation doesn't actually say that. So I would argue that um, Air New Zealand in this case, they have caused the delay completely within their control. So SC is entitled to claim back costs. Interesting. Because I would have said it was a them problem, not an airline problem, because they, like, how was the airline to know that they had a connecting flight other than now that they've advise them of such fact. Well, it shouldn't matter, should it? I mean, the airline won't know lots of things about what you've arranged to do once you've been dropped at a destination. Agree. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are our key takeaways, Annalise? What are the top five things that people need to remember? Well, there's a lot to remember when travelling. This Look, this is a really complex area. It's pretty hard for consumers to navigate. So we're here to help you navigate. Um, If you have any issues and you're a member, you can get in touch with us. Be prepared for things to go wrong. Try and sort of be across the airline's rules and terms and conditions, what sort of seat you've bought, and support our campaign to get better flight rights for consumers. Yeah, support that transparency and be a bit more like Air New Zealand and actually tell people what your rights are. Absolutely. Mm. Cool. Thanks, Annalise. Thanks. So, Soph, yeah. how do you feel? Do you feel better informed about your rights? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm walking out of here and claiming my cattery costs is, is my takeaway from that yeah. one. Will you buy some cat treats? <laughs> Maybe. They have been very sad and very mm. very smooshy that, that we were away. So, mm. yeah, they might get some, some nice little treats with that $36 I'm going to get back from Air New Zealand. But um, I think that was really, really interesting. And Annalise really brought home that actually – if it's on the airline, that it's something within their control, well, then they need to deal with it. It needs to be on them to sort out the problem, either compensation or rebooking or whatever it is. They need to sort it. That's yeah. really cool to know. And using this platform to empower consumers so that they know what their rights are is one thing. But what's struck me across the, the many hundreds of complaints we've seen about this issue is that actually most of the time people are really reasonable. They're like... Mm. Look, if you can book me on a flight within a few hours and it's not going to cost me another night's accommodation, hey, I'm happy to wait around the airport for a few hours. Um, people are pretty flexible. It's just when they feel like they're being misled mm. or the airlines are trying effectively to shaft them out of something that they're owed, that's when they, they get up in arms and that's where the airline industry, I think, needs to do a fair bit of work to rebuild trust yeah. Um, because what's been going on over the last, particularly the last couple of months, hasn't been good enough. Yeah. So in order to help us help you, uh, please add your name to our petition on flight rights and making sure that airlines tell consumers what their rights are when it comes to cancellations or delays. So add your name to the petition now. 
Links in the show notes. Thanks for your support. So, you've been listening to Consume This with me, John Duffy, and our amazing co-host, Sophie Richardson. This episode was produced by Tom Riss-Smith. We're an independent, not-for-profit, dedicated to getting you a fairer deal. Our work's funded by our members. If you're already a member, thank you, you made a good choice. If you're not a member yet, we'd love to have you on board. As well as adding your voice to our mission and supporting our work, membership also gets you access to thousands of independent, unbiased product test reviews. Our magazine, Consumer, full access to the Consumer website, and, and this is a big one, a dedicated advice line staffed by real humans who will answer the phone in a reasonable period of time and are waiting to help you with your issues. And might help get you a refund when, you know, if our stories are anything to go by. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Consume This. It's been a pleasure, as always. Hello, I'm Abby Darman and I work in the campaigns team at Consumer New Zealand. I want to tell you about some of the exciting work we're doing here at Consumer New Zealand. Right now, literally, as we speak, we are working really hard to keep big businesses and our lawmakers in check. So we're currently engaged in taking on unfair retirement village contracts, misleading supermarket pricing and dodgy green claims. To keep up this good work, we need to raise $50,000 before the 24th of September. So please, if you can, help us to help others by heading to consumer.org.nz forward slash donate. Thanks so much.